0: Good morning, everyone. Uh, It's good to see you. Pray that uh, God's been with you through this week. And um, for those that are joining virtually, we welcome you this morning as well and pray that uh, God will be with us throughout this day. And uh, even as we head into this new week, that God would watch over us and care for us even through this week. Um, As we have been uh, going through the hours of righteousness, um, not going to give you a quiz today, but uh, we're, we're heading into the fourth R and our fourth week, and we're going to hear from Brother Pete today. <clears throat> so have a prayer in your heart for him. Um, but I, I want to encourage everyone to uh, take an active uh, listening approach to uh, to these concepts. And if you if you missed a week, the nice part is you can go back and you can watch it on YouTube and pick it up again uh, and, uh, you have opportunity to, to even go back and maybe, Hey, I can't remember exactly what he said and go back and, and look at that. And, uh, and that's what I've been trying to do and going back. And I, I started to kind of write down this, this, uh, I don't even know what call it a prayer, I guess, um, to the Lord as going through these hours of righteousness. And, um, and I'll share it with you where I'm at thus far. So it says, Lord, Reveal the greatness of your righteousness. Help me to reflect on my life. And for those that know, that was week number one, reflecting. And where I don't see your righteousness in me, remind me of my need to repent. And that was our second week for repentance. As I repent, release the guilt and shame from my mind and my heart not because i am worthy but because you are worthy and so um interested to keep adding to this as we go along through this study and and again it's just a way for me to internalize the messages take bits and those bits and pieces those those nuggets of information and the spirit of god to work within us and allow us to uh allow these messages to become part of our life, not just something we come and we listen to or you tune in at home and you listen to and then, you know, later on you watch a football game and you forget all about it. Um, The messages given from the Lord need to become a part of our lives and we need to take those opportunities to internalize them and make them real to us. So with that, I'm going to ask everybody to stand. We're going to open in prayer. We'll hear from Brother Pete this morning. Uh, let's just look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We are indeed grateful for your righteousness, Father. We thank you for the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We thank you for sending him as to, to cover the cost of our sin, Father. Thank you for that. We uh, pray that you would be with us throughout this day. We pray that you might inspire the words of our brother this morning. As he brings forth a message, uh, even along this continued theme, Lord, that we might recognize and realize the righteousness that comes through your Savior, Jesus Christ, and the blessings that flow in our lives when we uh, take stock of our lives. We reflect upon those things, and we ask for your forgiveness through repentance. And Father, even as we learned last week, that you would help us to release the guilt and shame that is there. That's swallowed up in the victory of Jesus Christ, our Savior. So be with us now, Father. Be with those that are in need, those that are sick and afflicted, those that are not able to gather here this day. We pray your blessing upon them, and we pray that your Holy Spirit might be manifest here today as our prayer. In Jesus' blessed name, amen. Before Brother Pete comes up, and just uh, a point of reference I should have said, Brother AJ is actually on call this weekend, so that's why he's not here. Uh, Brother Brian is is missing as well. They're uh, spending some time, I believe, for their anniversary. So uh, we certainly miss them, but uh, we wish them both the best, and and we'll go ahead and turn it over to Brother Pete at this time. Good morning. morning.
1: So good to see you. Good morning, everyone. That is uh, virtual today, and uh, just can't tell you how much we miss you, and And uh, long for the time when we're all going to be together again. That's just, uh, we had a wonderful minister's meeting Tuesday night. Um, And uh, we were in this big sanctuary, social distancing. was awesome. Um, And so uh, we felt very comfortable to to be together. And it was very wonderful to talk about um, the branch and our church and just how we're progressing. You know, every once in a while you have to take and and do a little checkup and that's what today's all about today's about a checkup today's about seeing how uh, how our well-being is doing and so um, that's what we did Tuesday night and we had a, a blessed time to be together um, I'm reminded little couple housekeeping things Pete unmute the mic thank you Austin there we go and then the second thing is I'm an antsy guy when I preach and talk and and give presentations even in my business and work but I'll try to stay in camera because my wife keeps telling me I'm going all over the place, and we don't want to give you a crick in the neck, so don't want to do that. Um, I, I hope you've been enjoying uh, this series of lessons, messages. Um, we've, uh, we've really been blessed, I think, with, with this journey of uh, receiving the, the righteousness of the Lord, and, and it is a journey. Our whole Christian walk is a journey. I I will call out many times, the brothers know me. I don't know if maybe some of the membership don't, but the brothers know me. I quote often um, Pilgrim's Progress, which is an old, old, um, beautiful writing about a a Christian walk. They're all fictional characters, and and the main uh, character that's, that's featured in this book is Christian. And he's on a spiritual journey to where? Does anyone remember? He's going to paradise. Sound familiar? <laughs> and I always call out all the good stuff in the book because I'm a, I'm a glass half full guy and I do that. Right. Uh, especially when he gets the Beulah and oh, my goodness. But there's a portion in the book where he clearly gets weighed down in the muck and the mire of sin and all oh, you if you've never read the book you should read it make it a study um it's so awesome how he has all kind of distractions but he has all kind of wonderful characters that help him along the way and that's also going to be a part of today's lesson we need each other right so uh let's put it up jared um we're going to get started right away jared i don't have a remote so jared you well i do have a remote can i can i drive jared or is this on austin can i drive Let me see if I can drive here. Yeah. Perfect. Was that me or you? That's me. All right. Okay. So we're going to do a couple things. We're going to go through this, obviously. The next star is recover. All right. So so I'm just going to set this up, and then we're going to go through. Today, we're going to go through a couple scriptures, but I I have a whole chapter. We're not going to read the whole chapter, but we're really going to dig into Alma 8. I, I think this chapter is so apropos. I promise you. Um, that I'll get the character right. Two weeks ago, I, 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 I missed, mixed up junior and senior, so I'm not even going to do senior, junior. We're just saying Alma the Younger. This, this chapter eight's Alma the Younger. So, uh, Renee, you with me? Am I good? You just call it out if I'm not on track, because I messed up last week, and I had, to, uh, I had to go on record, because I don't want any of you Book of Mormon scholars to say, what's Brother Pete talking about? Austin called me out. He was home that week, not feeling well. Yeah, he started looking it up, right? <laughs> it's all good. So we talked about reflecting. We talked about repentance. We talked about release. And now recover. And brothers and sisters and friends, this morning, I, I just want to tell you that when you go through a failure, a failure, and, and I'm gonna, today's lesson isn't even about sin, although I want you to look at it about sin, It's even about a failure. We didn't do anything wrong. We just failed at what we were trying to do. The Mesa branch, we've got a goal here. We have a financial goal. Does anybody know what it is? All right, I'm not going to call it out. We'll we'll, we'll do that for another meeting. We also have spiritual goals. And if we don't hit our goals, we're failing, right? And so you've got to stop and take a look at that. This is really going to be important when we get into Alma 8. So when you have a setback, when you have a failure, and God has shown you through what Austin said this morning, you reflect and, oh my my God, I I see that I have some major issues that need taken care of. Remember how we called out David in the psalm, right? And so once you realize that and you begin to repent and, and God forgives you, and, and even, even when you release that through Jesus Christ, he's the one that takes that away. You might still have a major setback to recover from. Sometimes, like I ate a piece of pizza last night a little too close to bed, and it gave me gas all night and gave me heartburn, but the next morning I feel good. Those decisions aren't life-changing. But sometimes failures or choices that we make that cause great distress not only in our lives but in others take a while to recover from can i get an amen on that and so when that happens we've got to understand okay just think about some people who are really sick we're in the midst of this virus right They even came out with a wonderful, wonderful discovery over the weekend. They're figuring out now why some people get really sick with COVID-19 and some hardly have any any symptomatic symptoms at all. Why do some end up actually on life support almost, if you will, a ventilator, and some get achy and sniffles and move on? They're even finding that out. There's a deficiency. The body's actually fighting well, you know what, let's go to the extreme today. The sin or the failure is really, really severe. We're calling, you know, they have stages of a patient that goes when they have an accident and they're in triage, they're, they're critical, they're, you know, there's all these intermediate stages and there's not so bad, right? We're critical. So w- what happens? We end up in the intensive care unit, ICU. And from there, it's a progression, right? And then from there, it's progressive care. Am I right, Karen? It's progress- yeah, okay. See, Karen knows. I'm, I'm trying. And then not so much where you need all this attention. They're taking your vitals every 30 seconds, you know, and you can't rest. Um, then you go to the next phase, and then you start your recovery. And then even when you're done with hospitalization. Now you even might have to do therapy, some sort of therapy. And oh, by the way, in all of that, there's medication involved, right? Okay. So that's really what we're going to talk about today. And hopefully we could put some details around just saying, hey, you know, you got to get better. That's not good enough. we got to give some details in our spiritual walk with the, light, with, with our, with, with the Lord. And so, so if we're going to prepare ourselves to receive God's blessings... Through his righteousness, we've got to do that, and it's only done by recovering all that we have lost through this failure. You with me? We're going to recover all that we have lost. I want you to know God wants you to recover that. What was rightfully yours through this wonderful rebirth process of baptism. Repenting of your sins and receiving a remission through the, through the watery grave, right? Coming out a new creature and having the gift of the Holy Spirit and God and, and the Lord Jesus literally abiding in our, in our vessel, in our house. If sin has separated you from those blessings, you remember the prodigal? And that was by his choice, but sometimes we just make mistakes, sometimes we just have failures, And the failures are so bad that we begin to develop anxiety, develop fear. There's all these emotions that come with failure, right? Yeah, there's a lesson in failure, but we have to go through sometimes some painful things. Okay? And so what does that mean? It means that God wants us to recover what we lost, and he is the one that helps us recover. Think of Job this morning. was always God's intention for Job to not only recover when he went through his time of sadness and trial, and he didn't do anything wrong. He just just was going through a trial, and the Lord ended up giving him even more than what he lost, okay? And so let's start this journey. Hopefully that kind of sets it up. We have steps for therapy and recovery for the healing process, right? I want to say this first we cannot receive recovery until we reflect we repent and we release and receive the joy of our full salvation impossible to get back all what God wants you to have if you don't have again the joy of full salvation I hope you I hope you're in agreement with me on that okay. When failure comes in our lives, I don't care if it's by our own choice or by something else that happened out of our control, and we feel ourselves disconnected from God, you cannot get restoration. I cannot get access to the storehouse of the Lord unless the joy of full salvation, full salvation, you know, Lord, you, you, you forgave me of this, but this, that's impossible for you to forgive me. Okay, it's impossible. No, that's not full salvation, all right? And so we must receive the joy of full salvation once again in our lives. Think about Peter this morning after he denied the Lord. And, you know, the first time he's seen Jesus had to be an amazing, an amazing encounter. Who knows what he thought? You know, I see an empty grave. I I don't know, I don't understand. I know what the Lord said. John, you believe, but I'm struggling. Maybe he was struggling because he had so much pain in his life of what he went through and what how he disconnected from Christ, right? And oh, by the way, if it is true that he resurrected, it'll never be the same. Can't be the same. I hurt the Lord. He looked right into my eyes when I denied him, and the cock crew, and I was convicted. Can you imagine that, brothers and sisters and friends? And then Jesus entered the room. You know the scripture doesn't call out, but I have to believe, because the Lord is an individual relationship God. God. I had to believe that the 11 that were in that room that night, he individually, and I, I believe there weren't 11 because Thomas, we know, was missing from that first encounter. He came later. But Peter was there. And I have to believe that the Lord, oh, I can only imagine what the Lord did. If he washed their feet when he knew full well what was going to happen and Peter was going to deny him, could you imagine what that, re, that restoration relationship was like in that night? Oh, no, Peter, it's not only going to be the same, it's going to be better. Because I love you, and I'll love you forever. Oh, what a, what a Christ, what a Jesus, what a joy of full salvation. And even when all that happened, uh, and I have to believe Peter struggled again, and he must have, maybe he was remembering, he didn't release Brother Austin, I don't know. Ah, I'm going fishing. Nah, the Lord went and sought him again, didn't he? And he gently reminded him again, right? See, see, this is the beautiful thing about the joyful salvation. You want to know what the beautiful thing is? Okay, you don't got to go up to God's level. We don't have to ascend up into the heavens and be perfect. God and the Lord Jesus comes down to our level. He greets us in our sin and in our mistakes, and he comes to our level. Brothers and sisters and friends this morning, that's the God that we serve. when i can't make it when i can't get there he comes down to my level so let's look at jared if you pull up psalms 51. you all know this scripture um we're going to go to the uh 12th verse just just one verse 51 12. you all know this scripture and and my brothers and sisters you know you know that you know the story because we called this out these these scriptures are very much going to have a theme throughout all of these R's. David made a mistake. David messed up. It was terrible sin. David needed release from all of this. Okay, He had been forgiven. He felt that he had laid it all out to God. But now he needed to recover. And he knew recovery was impossible. If you read the whole 51st Psalm... Recovery is impossible unless first I have this in front of me and I embrace it fully. And so restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold within me thy free spirit. Oh, the joy. We sing it in I Surrender All. A full salvation, glory, glory to his name. Okay. Full salvation needs to be realized every day in the Book of Mormon. There's something that's so unique in the Book of Mormon, a call-out, that we don't see and read too much in the Bible. And that is, the, the, the Book of Mormon writers teach us over again to retain a what? A remission of our sins. Okay. Which is keeping the joy of full salvation with, alive within our, our soul. We have to retain that. It's there. It was accomplished on Calvary. But it's up to you to keep the gift. Amen? It's there. Can't push that gift aside. You didn't earn it. <laughs> it was given to you. And all we need to do is reconnect with the giver of the gift to receive the joy of full salvation. Okay? Uh, I want to just call out. Hebrews so beautifully calls this out. Not the, bull, the, the blood of bulls or goats or heifers that's going to save us. Like in the Old Testament. Otherwise, they would have offered sacrifice once and once only, and it would have been good all the time for sin. That wasn't the case, was it? They offered it once a year. But there was a great sacrifice, Jesus the Christ, okay, who purged us, the scripture says, with his blood forever. What a high priest that went into the Holy of Holies and tore the veil and gave us access to God the Father. And that's why David says, I'm not going to pull it all up and you read it, but he says to, to, to to the Lord, purge me with hyssop. I want you to know that's a type of the blood of Christ, brothers and sisters and friends. You feel that you need the joy of full salvation? Remember that Jesus purged your sin. Remember that in your mind. How powerful it was and how you received it and received joy that day. It's always there for you. It's there for me. Don't let the enemy take it from you. And don't let your guilt, as God releases that from you, as far as the east is from the west. Remember last week? You received the joy of full salvation. Okay. I want to just call out a couple things. And then we're going to get into this beautiful scripture couple things. There's, I have a few things here that I really enjoyed writing, uh, reading. Um, this is not my work, by the, by the way, but it's going to be my spin on it. Um, and unfortunately, it really doesn't say who wrote this, but it's so beautiful. But there's some ways to restore the joy of salvation. And brothers and sisters, I want you to know, if God was able to deliver David from adultery, murder. Okay. Pride, all the sins that David encountered and this reason why he writes Psalm 51. If he's able to do that and restore unto him the joy of his full salvation, he's able to do it for us. Okay? I don't care how scarlet your sins are in mine. He's able to do it. And so if you have that mindset, if you have that mindset, You're already on the road to recovery. Do you understand that this morning? If you go into ICU and you go into the next stage and you feel I'm never going to get better. Karen, I'm sure you work with many patients in therapy. By the way, Karen's a therapist in our congregation this morning. And and I'm I'm saying this. If they have a mindset, they're never going to get better. Is it that much harder for you? Much more harder. So I'm calling it out today. The Lord doesn't want that for you. That's what the devil wants. Joy can be restored. Uh, that I need an amen on, and our sister already called it out. Joy can be restored. I don't care how dark it is, right? And it's darkest before the dawn. Joy comes in the morning, my brothers and sisters and friends. This morning. And so let me tell you what we need. You get. Sick, spiritually, you have a major setback or failure, I want you to have hope in your heart, hope of the Lord, which is a confident expectation and trust for an expected good end. You with me? Okay? I'm not going through this life. I don't know about, I am not going through this life saying I'm going to lose, I'm on the road to heaven with the Lord Jesus and we're going to win no matter how many failures we have. And so in Jeremiah, the beautiful prophet that was so down and in captivity and bondage and the Lord says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts that are not evil but of peace. I might even add love, (laughs) tenderness long-suffering kindness to give you what? An expected end. What is your expected end? You know, brothers and sisters, I have to tell you, I feel this way this morning. I don't think we talk enough about heaven. I don't think we talk enough about the paradise of God and what joys await the saints. And I want to tell you this morning, Paul says it in the scriptures, I have not seen Eareth not heard, neither enter into the hearts of man, the joys that await those that love and serve him. Don't stop there, that's not you this morning. Do you understand that? That's not you. That's an unbeliever. But Paul goes on and says, "But to you <laughs> that are called through the Spirit, it is revealed to you through the Spirit. Can you see heaven this morning, brothers and sisters? You have a hope of your expected end. If you say to me, Brother Pete, I can't see it. You know what's clouding your view of paradise? Sin. Flesh. All the fear that you have in your life is clouding your view of what you see. If all you see is virus... What's going to happen to the economy? What's going to happen to our president? What's going to happen here? What's going to happen there? My future is just up in the air. I have no future of happiness. You're not seeing heaven this morning. That's not how God wants you to live. I'll go back to Pilgrim's Progress again. You know, before Christian got paradise, he landed in a, in a land called Beulah, a land that was married to the Lord. Look how close this is to the belief system that we have in our church, found in the Bible and Book of Mormon about the kingdom of peace. He landed in a land of, called Beulah. And in this land, the writer goes on and says the fragrances from this land were amazing. The birds and the flowers. And the trees and everything that were there was was breathtaking. But it wasn't paradise. From this land, Christian, who was saved in the Lord Jesus Christ, when he entered that land, had an unobstructed view of the paradise of God. I have news for us, brothers and sisters, as glorious as Zion is going to be. And it's going to be glorious. It is not the paradise of God. There's still going to be death. There's still going to be trouble in this way. Not, not, not much. Okay, but there's still, it's not paradise. Otherwise, what's the point? You're with me. You hear me this morning. And I don't care if Zion is in its full reality yet or not. There are so many promises yet to be fulfilled in the, in the Lord's day when it's ready and He's ready. I want you to know that Zion is here right now in our hearts and in our souls. The kingdom of God is within us. and We should be walking in the light, walking in the truth, walking in the spirit of Zion, always seeing the paradise of God ahead of us because I'm in Beulah, a land that has been promised by God, married to the Lord. I think we forget that sometimes. When you can't see that, you don't have the joy of full salvation. A couple of the things that I want to call out. When you're spiritually sick, seek for medical attention. Any one of our brothers here that are spiritual doctors, ministers of the Lord, we're here for you. To pray with you, to meditate and read scripture call out God's word to you we're here for you the Lord wouldn't have called us just to stand a hundred feet apart or 50 feet apart and give you God's word we're called here to point you to Christ We talk of Christ. We preach of Christ. We teach of Christ. That our children may know where to look for remission of sins, the scripture says. And that's what we do, brothers and sisters and friends. Brother Pete, I have a wayward child. We're here for you. I have sin in my life that I'm struggling with over and over again. We're here for you. Seek medical attention. Okay? Confess your sins. We talked about that earlier. You want want to receive the joy of full salvation? Confess your sins to the Lord. You're not hiding anything. Who are you hiding from? God sees everything. There's there's so many things I could go through here. I, I want to leave you with this. You want the joy of full salvation? Look unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of your faith this morning. How, what else can I say, brothers and sisters and friends? Look to Jesus. And so lastly, this is what Austin, Austin said last week, and, and then it's going to move me right into the next phase of this topic. Austin called it out. We want to forget the past. We're going to maybe once in a while visit there. We're going to live there. Jesus said, when Austin was preaching last week, I turned to AJ and I said, you know what the Lord says so simple, no man having put his shoulder to the plow and then turns back is fit for the kingdom. Those are strong words. What happened to Lot's wife when she turned back? Was she fit for the kingdom of God? Very. And it's, and it's justice there. There's no mercy there. And I want, I think I want to, I want to call out this morning, the Lord's telling us this is serious business. I love you, and I'll always love you, the Lord's saying. But if you tell me you love me, and then you keep looking back to sin and to, to leaving me, it's serious. Eventually, the Lord's going to stop trying to bring you back. The spirit gets grieved, and it goes away. And then we're in a bad situation. And so, I want you to call out. Austin called it out last week. It's Part of recovery. You know how many times, personally, I look back on my mistakes? I do a lot I do a lot but I don't look back on him with guilt because I am so confident in what the Lord did for me and you want to know why I feel the blessings of God in my life I look back because I want to always remember retain a remembrance brothers and sisters of the remission of your sins Stay in that. I want to remember what God did for me and how he chastised me, how he, how he d- corrected me. And I want to remember, but I don't want to go live there. I'm moving on. So that's what Austin was saying last week. It's okay. You need to. I remember one time my son, such a comical story. He did something really, really that wasn't good as a teenager. And I corrected him. And I, you know, I happen to say, I have to say, I, I correct with a little bit sometimes of physicality. That's, that's how I was raised. I did the same thing. Never hurt my child. Oh, my goodness. But I... And the next morning, my son came down for breakfast. He said, Dad, I'm so sorry. Pat, that's okay. I said, it was Pat. I, I, I love him so much. It's okay. <laughs> I said, why are you... Uh, why, why, why are you saying this to me? He said, well, you know, Dad, I was rubbing the spot all night long and I had a remembrance of, of what I did. And it really, it really made me feel bad. He was, g- good, son. <laughs> Sometimes we have to rub that when the Lord gives us a little chastisement. We rub it and we touch it and say, ooh, that didn't feel good. I don't want to go there again. You learn from it. okay? Not all of our afflictions, not all of our setbacks, come with everything's perfect No, oh, sometimes we have scars I have many of them I was a meat cutter in my past day and I recovered and I had a lot of confidence and learned from those scars but they're still there general reminders Okay. don't be reckless so my brothers and sisters that's what Paul said we press on to the mark of eternal perfection don't want to look back. Austin said last week, right, Brother Austin? We want to look to Jesus and to the kingdom of God and to heaven. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm just going to go right down to these these next two because I think they're so important. You're starting to feel better. You're feeling better. And some of the things that we need to do when we're in recovery, we'll we'll touch on that in a second as we get into Alma, but you're feeling better. Well, you know what? When you're feeling better, it's God's way of saying, okay, don't just sit in neutral. It's time to get moving. I'm sure in any therapy, the first step is the hardest. Right? Knee replacement, shoulder, whatever, hip, whatever your therapy is, the first step's the hardest. But once you get moving, It feels better and better and better. It hurts, but it feels better and better. And so the Lord's calling out here, use your gifts and talents that I gave you. They were restored back to you. Use them. Don't be afraid. We can go into that scripture, uh, Jared and Timothy. Let's call that out right now. That doesn't come from the Lord. Okay? Okay. So I put thee in remembrance. A.J. just preached on this not too long ago that we stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. What was A.J.'s three things? Austin, help me. Look. Love. There was one more. And listen. Who said that? Perfect. Look, love, and listen. That fits right here. Next verse. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear. Remember when the fiery serpents went into the camp? All they had to do was look and listen. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to get into Alma 8 here in a second, but this is what Alma does when he has failure. He does not... Although might want to, he he doesn't. He doesn't stop. He doesn't go in neutral. He doesn't paralyze with fear. He gets reassured again, and continues on. Let's go to um, let's go to Alma eight. Time's running out and. You know, I just want to get through this. So I'll tell you what what scriptures in a second, Jared. You just stay with me here. So Alma, I'm going to go just just briefly tee this up. Um, I'm going to go to this beautiful, beautiful chapter. And right before this, um, there's a great need for Alma to go out into the church and preach the gospel. Some people that were part of the church were um, not doing well. And there were many that hadn't heard that Jesus Christ was coming into the world in a few short decades to change the world with the gift of salvation. And so Alma was commanded to go, and he had two responsibilities. You ever wear several hats? I'm looking at Brother Anthony here. He only wears one hat in the church, just a minister. Not. (laughs) Not. And so Alma, so beautifully, the Lord prepared Nephiha, gave it to him, the judgment seat, and he keeps the high priesthood, meaning he was the leader. He was was the presiding elder, the bishop. And he began to go out and preach. And you know, in Zarahemla, and also I think it was in Gideon, you Book of Mormon scholars keep me on track here, I'm going back into my memory. Um, He had great success, but now he comes on a city that that is called Ammoniha, and this was a tough city. And Elma doesn't have success here. Not at all. And so Elma gets, uh, he has a failure. And, uh, And so I want you to go to Elma 8, chapter the 10th verse. Let's look at this verse. And I want to call this out. If you want to recover, brothers and sisters, and and it takes a little, there we go. I want to call out a few things here. Nevertheless, Alma labored much in the spirit, wrestling with God in mighty prayer. I want to stop right there. Mighty prayer. You want recovery? I want recovery. I want to wrestle with the Lord in mighty prayer. Not a rote prayer. Not, it's my turn, it's my time to pray now. And so I'm going to just run through the motions and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. How many of us do that? Don't Come on. We all do that. That's not what Alma did here. As much time as, and thought as we put into communicating with God, I'm going to tell you what. My wonderful wife, and I use her a lot in my preaching just because the relationship of a man and a wife is so paramount. In an analogy, because even Jesus called it out. He is what? He's the bridegroom. We're the bride. So there's a great analogy here. And I know sometimes it makes people uncomfortable, especially if their marriages are failing. You know what? Here's what I'm going to say. I love you. Okay? But we're going to point to Jesus here. If I give Wendy communication that is just rote, quick, no thought, just hit the high points, boop, 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 guess what our relationship's going to be like? Well, that's how God reacts in prayer. If we just go through the motions with God, that's how he listens back. You know, he feels hurt. Don't think that he's way out there, brothers and sisters and friends. He's right here. And he feels slighted. And so Alma, who's got this massive problem in front of him, begins to wrestle. You know what wrestle means? Lord, I'm not going to leave you go. (laughs) Sometimes I say that to my grandkids. When they they start teasing me or they'll get me all worked up, I'll say, well, you know, we're going to wrestle. Let's go. We're going. Because, you know, Papap's going to win. I don't know. They're getting a little bigger now. I don't know if I'm going to win. But I want to wrestle (laughs) them. Mighty prayer. What is mighty prayer? I'll tell you what mighty prayer is. It's faith, filled communication to God. That's what it is faith feel you go to the lord and you might still be shook up and fearful you go to the lord in faith i've seen you do this before lord and you know i'm begging you today do it for me so i'm going to ask you in your recovery i want you to evaluate the effectiveness of your prayers today and mine are they reaching the throne of god this morning Beautiful scripture uh, or beautiful example of that is when we came to Christ. When I was forty years ago, thirty years ago, thirty-five years ago, forty years ago—I don't know, 1980, forty years ago—the saints were fasting and praying for all these young people in my branch. And this old brother was sitting in the front pew over here, and while they're fasting and praying, he raised his hand. Brother Louis, yes. Told the presiding elder brother. I had a dream last night. I seen the prayers hit the ceiling and come down. You know they didn't quit. They wrestled with the Lord in mighty, mighty prayer. The next week, the brother came to church. They're praying again. Young people, we need to call them to Christ. That's what he was doing. He wanted to baptize people under repentance. Brother, I had a dream. I seen the prayers go and the ceiling opened and they went up into the throne of God. That next Sunday morning, eight souls came to Christ. I was one of them. I was the first to raise my hand. I was running from the Lord. I couldn't run away from the spirit of repentance. My lovely wife came with me, had her own powerful calling. Mighty prayer. And there are a lot of reasons why our prayers lack mighty power. So brothers and sisters, that's part of our recovery. Let's go to, uh, let's go to, uh, let's go to the uh, 11th, well, let me see, wait. Let's go to Alma, um, I'll tell you, Jared, in a second. Go to the 15 and 16. We're going to do both those verses. This is a result of wrestling in mighty prayer with the Lord. Blessed art thou, Alma. You know what happened? The angel of the Lord that gave him the message in the first place to go preach, he visits the, him again. Same angel. How's your recovery doing? How's it going? Okay. I just had a failure. Here's what the angel says to him. Lift up your head and rejoice. Okay, That's the last R, by the way. We'll get to that four weeks from now, three weeks from now. For thou hast great cause to rejoice. For thou hast been faithful in keeping the commandments of God from the time which thou received the first message. Behold, I am he that delivered it unto you. Now let's read 16. And behold, I am sent to command thee that thou return to the city of Ammonihan. Preach again unto the people. Yea, preach unto them. Yea, say unto them, except they repent, the Lord God will destroy them. I don't have time to go into all this scripture. I wish I did. We're already pushing up against the clock, which is a robber. But you know what happens? Here's his recovery. Do I got to do this alone, Lord? I know you're with me, but, you know, I really got beat up the last time. He walks into the city... Follows instructions. You want a quick recovery, brothers and sisters? I'm going to give you a, here, Here's my gleaning from this beautiful chapter. Listen and obey. Keep the commandments of God. Don't be afraid to do what God asks us to do. Listen and obey. You see how fast we'll recover. If I listen to the therapist, if I listen to my doctors who know best, who have studied years and decades on my challenge, and then also prayerfully take it to the Lord, do what they tell you. I'm not calling out on every situation, they're human. I'm 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 making an analogy here, God is our spiritual doctor. If he tells us to do something, do it. Don't question, Alma didn't question here. You know what happened? He walked into the city and a man greeted him, said, you're a prophet of the Lord. You know how I know that? The angel gave me a dream and appeared unto me and told me to take care of you. And the scripture says that Alma went into his home famished and hungered, and he was nurtured and and taken care of. And the scripture says that he spent many days there. And here's the beautiful part, when when they finished recovering in that house, they, him and Amulek both were filled with the Holy Ghost, the scripture says. Oh, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Fill me with the Holy Spirit that I might be used. (laughs) Alma spent many days. He told Amulek, fasting and praying. You want to recover, brothers and sisters? Fast and pray as well. I don't think we talk enough about that in our church. Fasting. You want to see your nothingness and and God's greatness. Fast and pray unto the Lord. You want to cancel out the flesh and you want to take fear away. Fast and pray. So many scriptures I could go into. Isaiah says, you know, what's the purpose of a fast? Fast. Is it to bicker and to fight and to argue? No. <laughs> it's, to, it's to take our flesh and cast it aside, brothers and sisters, and give God full sway in our lives. That's what the purpose of a fast is. We fast for this. We fast for a job. We fast for this. Fast for yourself this morning that the flesh might be neutralized through the Spirit of the Lord. Everything will be granted unto you that is in God's will from that, from that day on when we give, set aside our will. Jesus, God says in that beautiful prophecy, when you fast with that spirit, then I'll heal you. I'll bless you. There's so many beautiful things that God wants to do for us. And so, brothers and sisters, let me just end with this. Jared, take us to... um, This is what I'm going to leave you with. Uh, Take us to... Why isn't this cooperating? Just be patient with me. I think I'm on the... Here we go. Well, I'm just going to... Oh, here we go. Let's go to... Ether, the 12th chapter, 27 verse. And I'm going to end with this. If there's any one of us, it takes us right into next week, the week after. If there's any one of us who feels that you're just too weak to change the downward spiral the downward course of your life, if you feel that you're too weak, you know what? What do you think, Mike? (laughs) We are, right? We are too weak. You're not feeling that way because you're disillusioned. And the greatest of this is fear that grips us in our humanity and then these beautiful words of the lord should remind us of what god's plan is for our lives and if men come unto me i will show unto them their weaknesses reflect you see when you go to the lord he'll show you and i give unto men weaknesses that they may be humble Isn't that beautiful, brothers and sisters? And then the Lord calls out hope. For my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. His grace is sufficient for every weakness you have. There isn't one weakness that he can't cover and make you strong again and restore unto you everything that belongs to you as a child of God. For if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then will I make these weak things in their life become strong unto them. Do you understand what that means? The things that tripped you up will be neutralized, will be totally a strength for you that when you face it again, you'll laugh at it. Remembering what God did for you. Okay? You remember how Goliath laughed at David? Who was laughing in the end? That's what the Lord is telling us here. All through his grace, brothers and sisters. Don't worry about some fiery trial that comes in your life. When you're in that mode of recovery, the witness comes after the trial of your faith. The victory comes after the trial of your faith. And the Lord literally gives us sometimes disappointments. Alma was just knocking them out one city after another. Then he hits Ammonihah. I give unto men weaknesses. And Alma had to learn right there. Stay the course, my brother. Stay on this course. Recover. Go back. I'll be with you. And so my brothers and sisters, um, I, I hope you enjoyed today. I know I did. I did in preparing. I did in, in, in uh, reading all these beautiful scriptures. There are so many scriptures that I went through with this wonderful... I wish we had hymns. John, we need to write a hymn about recovery. We don't have too many hymns on recovery. We have a lot of victorious hymns, but a hymn on recovery, we need to, we need to write one or find one. Um, because Austin ended with such a great hymn last week. Okay. Um, may God bless you. Uh, next week is another R. And Brother Anthony will be leading us with Rearrange. And then Brother Tim will be leading us with release. These two weeks are going to be beautiful, brothers and sisters. I love you in the Lord. I want you to know that there's victory in Jesus. There's great recovery to restore. If he restored to the church of Jesus Christ all of what rightfully belonged to his church in 1830, he could restore it to your life. Amen? Amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters.
0: They so, uh, praise God today, and we're certainly thankful to be in his house. And for those that are joining us virtually, we pray uh, that God will be with you as well, even as you take these words of um, recovery. Um, hopefully you were doing some of that active listening, uh, applying these things to your life. And, and, you know, think about them throughout this week. Brother Pete called out uh, our responsibility that we have to be in fasting and prayer. Not just because we have a need, uh, you know. He's, we've heard them share that uh, that story before about the brother having that that experience in the vision of the prayers hitting the ceiling and coming back down. Um, I don't know about you, but I can relate to that. Sometimes that's how it feels like my prayers are going too. Um, but uh, you know, we need to continue on. The Lord wants us to recover. <laughs> he doesn't want us to just stay. Stagnant and not be able to move forward. Um, so, uh, for, for those that, that will be leaving us here, we, we pray your blessing, uh, that God's blessing would be upon you, uh, and that you might take this week and continue to study and learn about the Rs of righteousness. Uh, for, for, for those that will uh, continue to stay here, uh, we're going to head into our prayer service, and I'm going to have Brother Anthony go ahead and come up and close us in prayer and then uh, he'll lead us in. in, uh... Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning uh, as we close this portion of our service. We're just thankful to you for your goodness and your mercy and for your inspiration, Lord, and for the fact that your Holy Spirit uh, is working and acting in our lives, uh, not only in our ministry, but throughout our congregation with each one who would, um, Lord God, even take that gift that was placed upon them and uh, apply it and uh, seek you lord god so we pray heavenly father you would bless uh, the the things that we heard today that they would be applied to our hearts and our minds and we would even apply them in our lives dear lord even starting even this very moment so bless us and be with us take care of us lord and um until we meet again i pray your blessing upon us and is those who are uh, perhaps meeting with us virtually that they also might be blessed we ask it in jesus name amen